guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi. No Christmas review series would be complete without an appearance by the Muppets. But while the other guys might be stuck on a Muppet Christmas Carol, we wanted to do something a little different for you. So today's movie is It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie. According to Google Movies, Miss Piggy, Kermit, and the gang take on a stingy bank owner who is threatening to turn their beloved Muppet Theater into a tacky nightclub just before Christmas. It's not streaming anywhere. And on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it an 82 and the audience a 51. Wow. The, I'm always the other way. Yeah, I'm always surprised when the audience gives it lower ratings than the critics. That's weird to me. And also, those are just really low ratings anyway, so I'm even more surprised. Um, so I grew up watching the Muppets, like the cartoons or whatever. I, I, Muppet, I don't know why I called it cartoons. <laughs> no, I meant like the show. I didn't mean cartoon. I don't know why I called it a cartoon. I did watch the Muppet Babies a little bit too, but I don't think I was a kid when I watched it. I'm pretty sure I was a teenager. Um, but like I was familiar with the Muppets, but I don't think I remembered half of even the personalities of the different Muppets. I remembered some of their names. Um, so seeing this movie was um, almost like a brand new experience for me. Some of these Muppets didn't really become popular until the 90s when they had a resurgence show called Muppets Tonight. Mm-hmm. And so you might not recognize certain Muppets like Pepe and Johnny Fiamma and Sal Manila. Yeah, those were new, new guys. To me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a whole new experience, I guess, for me. But it was, I didn't even, I don't know when the heck this came out, but I, the entire time was nostalgic for my childhood and my teenagehood. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, from like the celebrities in the movie to the references of like pagers and turning albums into mp3 files i was just like oh yes this is my life i love this (laughs) pagers were so cool ones oh god i think they did do a great job in even if you didn't recognize the certain muppets or you didn't have any previous frame of reference you could come into this and understand kind of what these people are like yeah definitely they did they set up the all of the characters really really well without needing any background story that's the Muppets as well as the like humans. <laughs> yeah, and the great thing about it being the Muppets is they have so many other ones that they didn't use a lot of. Mm-hmm. So whenever they needed a one-off joke, they could just bring in somebody to say that joke and then go away again. So there yeah. wasn't really a shortage of humor, even if the main people weren't doing anything. They'd bring out Sam Eagle from the back to say one word and then put him back. <laughs> yeah. Why did Sam Eagle feel so familiar to me is, I think, my biggest question. I was just like, I remember you so well, but also I don't remember you at all. It was so weird. If you I think I did a lot of the 90s Muppet movies, like he was a very big deal in Muppet Treasure Island, for example. I feel like I, I haven't seen any of those movies. I think it was probably more because of you showing me things or telling me things about Muppet movies that I even know who Sam Eagle was. 
I think so, he was funnier in the 80s and 90s back then when political things were funny and didn't just make people very angry all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right now, they can't really pull him out the same way that they used to. Because mm. right now, if you bring out a character that's supposed to be political, people start arguing about the politics instead of going, haha, funny, a joke. Now, where's the other guy? Yeah. Oh, the 90s were the best time. I was, I was, I've always been right. Um, we do start off with a Christmas party, and I think it was mm-hmm. a great way to show off some of the more beloved side Muppets and tell mm-hmm. a little bit of jokes with not a whole lot of effort and energy that had to be put into it. Like, it's yeah. every part of the story at all. It was just some jokes. Yeah. I have to say, I agreed with the snowman guy who was like, what you didn't hire me to do your like narration for your movie blah 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 that stuff I was like yeah I want that man whoever that voice is I want that voice telling me the story it was such a good voice for narration (laughs) well it's funny you say that because that man is a very big name in Mm. uh, voice animation oh I didn't even know that so I just have a good ear (laughs) Um, there, that whole beginning of like gift exchange of I got you this. Oh, that's crazy because I sold my this to get you this thing was cute up until the heartache of Sal. (laughs) Poor Sal. It wasn't even particularly cute even till then because Rizzo and Gonzo adore each other. They're mm-hmm. best buddies, and they actually got things that the other person would enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Beaker got something that Honeydew would enjoy, and Honeydew got something that would hurt Beaker. That's <laughs> not no, that's true. The entire pantheon of Johnny and Sal content is that jo- Johnny treats Sal like absolute shit all the time, and Sal loves him. No. They even broke up once to a, an actual breakup song in which <laughs> Sal is walking away sadly remembering all the abusive things that Johnny has said to him. <laughs> don't, don't, I don't support abusive relationships, but I want that to work out, damn it. <laughs> no, they were together at the end. Yeah. I, I mean, I just always want it to work out. They, they should never break up. <laughs> they, but, you know, Johnny can learn to be better to Sal, right? I believe in him. People do change, damn it. Um, This is the point where I start to not enjoy the structure of the movie, though. Because then we cut to heaven. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, William H. Macy is in heaven somehow. (laughs) You know what? You know what? William H. Macy has played so many different, very, very, very different characters in his career. And I think I only know like 25% of his career, so I can only imagine that, you know what? Some version of William H. Macy probably makes it to heaven. That makes sense, right? It has to. It's terrifying. I love him. I love him so much. I feel like all of the heaven scenes screwed up the narrative flow of the movie. Like if they had played the whole first part of the movie straight without having any heaven flashbacks... Mm-hmm. And then an angel just appeared to Kermit later when he needed it. Mm-hmm. It would have cut out like 10 minutes of the movie that <laughs> gave me nothing that wasn't funny. 
that didn't help that just broke the story. Well, I, I will say like they brought anything. I will say I can argue a little bit on the opposite end of that, just slightly, because I didn't need the scenes, but I love Whoopi Goldberg. Like she was such a big person in my childhood. I don't know why. I just always grew up loving her. So it was fun seeing her. I also enjoyed uh, the Dan Daniel wanting everyone to call him Daniel instead of Dan or Danny. And then God ends up calling him Danny L. And it's a continuing thing that happens. And I thought that was funny. Poor guy tried so hard. Um, he also refers to her as your honor, your excellency, your bossiness. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. And yeah. uh, the hashtag tic-tac-toe squiggly bug thing uh, not hashtag. I'm sorry. Oh my god, I hate myself. It's a pound sign for fuck's sake. Not a hashtag. I hate me. Because they said nothing about hashtags because this was long before that time. Ugh. Welcome to Gen Z at the movie. Yeah. I hate myself. <laughs> but anyway, that whole thing was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm not dragging Whoopi Goldberg. I think she's great. I had a Barbie of her Star Trek character when I was a kid. Aww, that's cute. I, I don't think this movie was helped by them constantly breaking the structure of the story to jump back to the two of them sitting on a couch watching. Yeah. Them. Yeah, I agree. That was a little unnecessary, but at least they gave us a couple of funny things. They did. Plus, you know, MP3s into, I mean, albums into MP3s because we all remember the hell of that, don't we? <laughs> Some of us are still going through it. <laughs> Lovely. But oh. we go back to the show that Kermit is putting on at that point. Mm -hmm. And we meet Luke Fromage. We do. Who is, he introduces himself as Jean-Appelle Luke Fromage, but I am not stinky like the cheese. <laughs> and Gonzo responds, no, it's a different no, it's sort a of different smell. Yes. And that's my favorite quote because I did not previously Gonzo had been kind of the weirdo of the bunch, but this yeah. movie really leans heavy into his snark factor mm. and it made him my favorite Muppet just because he was Aww. so ridiculous. <laughs> well, Luc Fromage was my favorite human in this movie and I will admit that I was slightly biased because I don't think I realized as a kid but I think I always had a crush on Matthew Lillard and I realized it a lot as an adult <laughs> I'm impressed by Matthew Lillard as a character actor in almost everything I see him in I think he's wonderful I like I want to keep watching him anytime I've seen him in anything it's just like this could be the shittiest movie ever and I just want to keep watching because you're wonderful well, um, and Luke Fromage. You've been in a few of the shittiest movies. <laughs> <laughs> really lucky for me, really. Um, but yeah, like he, Luke Fromage was a hilarious character. I enjoyed every moment with him. I wanted more with him. I loved that the whole show was falling apart and he was sitting there yelling, I love the chaos. I was like, you're so stupid and it's so good. Um, so yeah, he was definitely my favorite. I love that he called it Christmas. <laughs> and I loved that the show itself was called Cirque du So Lame. Mm -hmm. No, it's Lame. You're lame. 
Yeah, but <laughs> it clearly is lame, right? Considering <sighs> that it's usually lay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yep, very lame. It was also a very lame show, so it, it, it was, works. It was an awful show that included the performers pelting the audience in the face with glass <laughs> ornaments. And yep. when Kermit says he won't put that show on because he wants the show to focus on the joys of Christmas, mm-hmm. the response is, you would, you're a little frog. <laughs> so, like, the French are just racist against frogs. <laughs> is it racist? A speciesist. <laughs> there you go. Well, they say uh, it's not easy being green, so. That's true. Well, you know, it's not easy being green or black or white or yellow or orange, so. We're getting political. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he. I am sad that he didn't come back. But so am I. I would have loved to see more of him, but I also think it could have been overexposed. Yeah, but he put so much into that character. Like this is a man who wanted to be in this movie. Yep. Yeah, you know, he was just like this was his dream come true. Like if his career ended, then I think he would have been just fine with it. Okay, Matthew oh, Lillard probably, not. yeah, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, nope. <laughs> but it was still a dream come true. <laughs> Speaking of people who wanted to be in the show, though, Lou Zealand uh, and his boomerang fish. Oh, yep. That was okay. impressive, I'm gonna admit. I mean, if you can make your fish boomerang back to you, it's impressive. Oh, and they also said, well, that's not appropriate for Christmas, but yes, it is, because it's a huge Italian tradition to do the Feast of the Seven Fishes. All he had to do was throw the right fish. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. A, B, they weren't trying to put on an Italian Christmas, okay? <laughs> this is America. God. I love when <laughs> I get to say that. I love it so much. For those of you who don't know, I wasn't even born here. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I still think it was impressive. They should have went with it. And especially when, you know, they had nothing else. <laughs> Let him be in the show, damn it. Oh, and I, I mean, I don't know what else guy. he would do. But... He is, that's all he does. He has been in the Muppets <laughs> for years. And all he ever does is pop in and go, I throw fish. I throw fish. <laughs> and then goes away again. That's great. Um, um, they, they also, in that show, when they're told... Um, whoever the crew is in the back. I don't, I don't remember the exact Muppets right now, but um, they're told to, you know, release Piggy or like bring her down. She's doing the like rings or whatever. And they refer to her as ham and also as bacon on their like walkie talkies. And it was awful and it was hilarious and it was wonderful. (laughs) They do that to her a lot and I don't love it, but it's kind of a go-to joke that she usually punches people for. Yeah, and good for her for punching them. Absolutely, like, deserved, but it was still funny. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, just in case you get the mistaken impression that this is a kid's movie, Pepe dances in and gets a permit to operate a topless nightclub in the theater. Yes, yes, he does. Pepe is my favorite Muppet. Like, by far, my favorite Muppet. I didn't know Pepe. I didn't know Pepe existed until this movie. And seeing him and meeting him and and just getting to know everything about how awful he is was a joy. It made this movie wonderful for me. The accent, the shirt, the horrible, horrible, like, I don't even know, pickup lines, maybe? 
Um, everything was wonderful, especially because everyone's like, oh, we're all working for the dream, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, yeah, no, I want the monies. I want the monies. Give me the monies. Well, we will get there. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, we meet Rachel Bitterman. Your wifey. I love her so much. <laughs> and especially in this movie, she's basically playing the same character as she was in Adam's Family Values. <laughs> Instead of yes. getting married, she's just like, oh, well, my rich uncle died, so... <laughs> like, now I'm a career woman that is exactly that evil. Yep. yep. Like, I'm so attracted to her. <laughs> well, um, I I was going to pick her as my favorite human character, by the way, but I knew you were going to. So I was like, fuck that. I got to choose someone else. And, you know, Luke Fromage yeah. was amazing. So. And I adored Luke, but I think I liked more of her lines more. Then again, she was in the movie for a lot more time. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and I enjoyed the cheap jokes on her that, like, her name is Miss Bitterman. And the bank is called Bitterman <laughs> Bank and Development which isn't funny until you see her building and it says be bad on it because that's the <laughs> abbreviation. <laughs> and she's great. such a small time villain too. Mm. Like all she wants to do is condemn an old theater to build a nightclub. Yep. <laughs> it's not this big grand plan to hurt anyone or kill anyone or steal anything. It's just no. this stupid little minor pissant crime. And it's like <laughs> to our heroes, but it's not exactly super villain territory. <laughs> no. I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. She wants to sell drinks for way, way, way overpriced. So it's still crime, damn it. It's awful. How are those nightclubbers going to ever become alcoholics if they can't afford to buy enough drinks? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> I know. It's what I'm here for. Thank you. Um, but yeah, she's her entrance is so great because she comes in and calls them muffins. And I didn't, I don't think it fe- felt like a big deal then. And, you know, I'll give away a little of the ending, but she says it again later. And then it was, it, it was just like, oh, muffins instead of Muppets. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> And then it was hilarious. Well, but she comes yeah. in at the beginning pretending to be super nice to them and perky. And mm-hmm. even when she kind of steals Pepe. Yeah. It still is done with her sounding quite nice. And I don't think she is necessarily completely wrong at first. I mean, she's a jerk. Mm-hmm. And it would be kind of nice of her to honor the contract extension. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Muppets have no proof that this actually exists. And, like, we're supposed to believe that Kermit is a great leader of the Muppets. But <laughs> yep. this is not a new contract, and they clearly have not planned at all for this expense through the entire year. Yeah. And they clearly can't afford it. Yeah. Like, Kermit tells Rachel that his intention was to pay them at the very end of the year after that whole week of shows. But then when he's talking to the employees about it, he says that they won't be paid until New Year's next year. And that doesn't create money that you can use now if they perform for a year for free unless you pre-sell all those tickets, which is impossible. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely money laundering them, right? Yeah, 
even earlier when Pepe is trying to say he wants to go to uh, have his Christmas with Ricky Martin and shake mm-hmm. his bonbons, <laughs> Kermit says, oh, we don't have the money. It's like, you don't control the money for your employees. You're like, he's financially abusive. Yep. Yep. Well, and that's why, like, I don't even think uh, Rachel, like, stole, um, what's his name? Uh, Pepe. He, she didn't steal him. She just was like, oh, working for a dream. That's beautiful. My employees work for a salary. And he, he like, it hit him. It was just like, wait, your employees make money, like actual money. I could use money, you know? So he decides to go with her, which I'm not mad at not like you can't expect your people to work for you for free because they have expenses and also lives and also um they expect to be paid and you're not going to be able to pay them you know like for permission every time they want money yeah to them yep so i wasn't mad at either of them for choosing the money like yeah she wasn't nice about it obviously because she's supposed to be the villain but she's not wrong no, and neither is he. He just Mm-mm. wants to be paid for what they're asking him to do. Exactly. And then as they walk away and he goes with her um, and says before he goes with her that she is hot, um, she he says, you know, I like my coffee like I like my women. A latte. No, that's my favorite no. line. That is my favorite line. <laughs> it had to be. It was a coffee reference and it was a cheesy pickup line and wordplay and it did all of the things I needed it to do. It was the lamest thing and I loved it so. <laughs> oh, then I'm so glad I made you watch this movie because there's so <laughs> many lame things that happen. <laughs> there really are. I enjoyed that when they were auditioning acts for their Christmas play, uh, there was a little drummer boy animal that was yes. about 15 seconds of him drumming and just yelling, drum! Drum! <laughs> It was the perfect amount of time for that to go on and the perfect use of Animal. I loved Animal most growing up of all of the Muppets, which makes sense, I think, as a kid. Like, that's appealing, I guess. And a part of me still loves him. And if he were in this movie any more, he would have been my favorite one still because that was adorable and fun. But... There was nothing else you could have done with that. So I, it makes sense that he wasn't in it any further. Yeah. Though I would have seen more, rather seen more of him than Piggy on Scrubs. It felt oh. super unnecessary. Because, I don't, I didn't get that. Well, when they decided that, well, Kermit told them and they all just said, okay, fine, we'll work for no money for the whole next year. Mm-hmm. She decided that she didn't want to do that, which is absolutely the right call. Mm-hmm. And that she wanted to be a real actress. So she decided to take a role on Scrubs. Mm-hmm. And it, the entire scene was product placement and it just felt so unnecessary. It wasn't funny. Maybe I would have liked it more if I had watched Scrubs, but I tried it and I didn't like it. And then it just felt like, well, there's five minutes that this movie didn't need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought maybe it was just me being like new to the Muppet movies. And I was like, oh, maybe this is just what they always do. It meant nothing to me. I just kind of ignored it. But I will say Piggy's hair is really pretty. And that's the scene I noticed that in because I was so bored of everything else that was happening. So. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like if I could have Piggy's hair, I would be really happy. It wouldn't look good on me, but I 
still be really happy because pretty hair. Um, yeah. I have a question. What movie? Oh, I mean, what year was this movie? Or around what year? What? I don't know. Okay. I'm curious, though, because, and not that it would have helped if you did know the year, honestly, because I don't know when Zoolander came out either, but there's that whole scene of Pepe finding out about the nightclub and him seeing the little, like, um, small version of it. I don't know what it's called, but the small version of it and his whole, like, how are people going to fit inside? It's small, like, really small. And that was a Zoolander thing. And I'm curious which came first. Because in my head, one of them got the the joke from the other. And I want it to be that this came out first and the Zoolander people got it from this. <laughs> my favorite part of that reference, though, was that earlier in the show at this point, Pepe mm-hmm. asked Rachel if the scale model of the nightclub comes with action figures. And she says it doesn't. But later mm-hmm. on, she's playing with action figures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and then she was like, yes, but. <laughs> That's a wonderful idea. <laughs> um, I think what I hated most about Piggy on Scrubs is that it was just Piggy and Kermit, and I hate their relationship. Oh, yeah. Their relationship always meant nothing to me. <laughs> She's super pushy and not really reading his cues, but he is also so emotionally manipulative with her. Like, mm-hmm. she tries to leave, and then he goes to get her, and then when she's there, he refuses to give her any attention and is so neglectful of her needs and emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's just so toxic, and I'm ready for all of the Muppet movies to be done with it, and this one, too. Yeah, I... Like, they are awful to each other and for each other, I think, pretty equally. They both need to find some somebody else. Or, you know, just not find somebody else. That's fine, too. Yeah, but, <laughs> but they're not good together. Mm. I mean, she's abusive to him when they're together. But then she mm. tries to leave him, and then he just goes to get her. Yeah. And well, yeah, because they're totally different. And then mm-hmm. they're not. And he's neglectful of her again. So then in the next movie, she leaves again, and then he goes to get her. And yeah. it's like, let the woman go. Yeah. Like, you can't use her knowing that it's going to give her the wrong idea. You can't play hot and cold with her. It's not fair. It's not, yeah. Though, she'd probably treat anybody that she ended up with that way. And you know what? It, maybe somebody would be okay with it. I still don't think it makes it okay to, to treat someone like that. But I love that we're going into so much, like, Mm-hmm. detail about a Muppet relationship <laughs> but like just treat your person right that's yeah. that's all <laughs> uh speaking of Muppet, your Muppet relationships though uh-huh. um, Pepe is completely head over nuts with Rachel <laughs> he is and he's sitting yes he's sitting in his her chair uh-huh. in the office having a conversation with himself that ends in oh Pepe oh Rachel <laughs> and it's pathetic but then she comes in with an unnamed guy who uh-huh. I'm pretty sure his entire character is just the innuendo guy mm-hmm. so I loved him I loved him too would have <laughs> loved seeing him again he reminded me of Joey from Friends like grab <laughs> apple pie <laughs> But, yeah, that makes she, sense now. Why I loved him, though, I didn't get the, I didn't make the Joey reference, but it makes sense. <laughs> yes, 
he does really give off a Joey vibe, though. And she even has to tell him, you know, not everything is an innuendo. <laughs> and he repeats, innuendo. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, before that, she also calls him, I think, my favorite insult to call anyone now. Come, my sweet potato brain. <laughs> so awful. So good. Loved that guy. Uh, yep. Too bad he doesn't come back either. All our favorite guys don't come back. Yeah. But Pepe is scandalized because she's having an affair with the potato brain guy. Mm-hmm. And How dare she? And back to tattle to Kermit. Not that she changed the contract, which she did. <laughs> Yep. But because she cheated on him, now the fact is they were supposed to pay her by midnight and now the contract says 6 p.m. It's a really good forgery. It is, yeah. Like, such a small change. Nobody would notice. Nobody would pay enough attention to that. And it's it's so important. Yes, but the Muppet shows are generally famous for not going off very well. And this one is ruined by Pepe constantly trying to tell Kermit this very important information and Kermit having to both put on and be part of the show. Mm -hmm. And I actually kind of loved Mulan Scrooge. It was a really creative concept. The songs worked really nice and it gave a lot of the characters something to do. Um, I agree. I literally was like, okay, see, I never watched Mulan Rouge. I fell asleep during it. Um, I would watch Mulan Scrooge. I was, I would legitimately watch Mulan Scrooge. I think it would be really fun and hilarious to have like those two things, those two storylines mixed together. Also, Piggy's outfit is risque AF and she looks good. (laughs) Like for a pig muppet. Uh Uh-huh. It was great. I loved that. Uh, she was playing Satine and it became Saltine. I loved that the yeah. chickens did the <laughs> uh, Lady Marmalade because they couldn't say the words. But then later on, at the end of the songs, Peggy <laughs> actually says, Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? <laughs> and this is like the Como te gusta mi pinga effect that we talked about with her. <laughs> if you say it in a different language, the kids won't understand fun. what she just offered <laughs> Well, I also enjoy that in response to Voulez-vous coucher avec moi, Kermit says, say what? Uh, and I thought that was really clever, too. <laughs> it was cute. I I loved the costuming because she really did look like Satine. Fozzie's mm. facial hair really did give him the impression of the character he was supposed to be. It was a good adaptation, and I would have mm. worked to see more. I mm. would have given up the five minutes of the shit that we just did not need with Scrubs and the 10 minutes that we did not need to spend in heaven to watch <laughs> just a 20 minute solid block of Mulan Scrooge. But then you wouldn't have gotten the chance to say the 10 minutes we didn't need to spend in heaven. And that was a wonderful point in my life personally. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agreed. More of the show would have been great. The songs were fun. I wanted to keep like hearing that and seeing them and even with Pepe like constantly popping up and ruining things even that I think was like something that they could have kept going it wouldn't have gotten too old too fast you know no and uh, then Pepe finally does get to tell him what she did and Fozzie graciously 
gives up the monologue he's been working on, which is his whole entire life. Mm-hmm. I love to bring the money to the bank. And yeah, he has been the most supportive motherfucker this entire movie. He like, has. He is Kermit's right-hand man. And yep. he doesn't get enough credit for that. Mm-mm. And you know, okay, usually this is the point in the movie where, like, Fozzie is supposed to be the character, especially because he he says he'll go take the money. And um, he leaves, almost leaves, without taking the money. And Kermit is like, oh, I hope we made the right choice or whatever. And so you're expecting for Fozzie to just completely fuck it up and just be awful at this whole thing. Except... And we'll talk about it in detail, but it's not Fozzie's fault. All of the no. shit that happens to him is not his fault. And I wasn't expecting that because I, I, like I said, I don't remember. I remember Fozzie, but I don't remember details about him. So I wasn't sure if he was going to be a fuck up or not, you know, um, but he wasn't. And then later I will talk about why I hated Kermit so much, but we're not there uh, yet. Yes, we will get there. And <laughs> I have similar feelings. Oh, good. Pepe decides to go on for Fozzie in oh. his place, and yep. his proof that he can do it is going waka waka, okay? <laughs> and that is people's least favorite thing about Fozzie, so <laughs> I don't see why that helps, but okay. Uh-huh. Statler and Waldorf are two of my very favorite Muppets. Their mm-hmm. entire shtick every time is exactly the same as it was here, just puns about the person that they're watching. Mm. It's usually Fozzie. They have called him unbearable. Oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, God. Are we the old men? Yes. (laughs) Hooray. I especially enjoyed that um, when Pepe says that's it, he's going up there because he's had enough of their shit. Um, I don't know the difference between the two of them, but one of them says, oh, I'm shaking. And the other one says, you're always shaking. Yeah. <laughs> For so the record, cute. you're the short one. Of course I'm the short one. Always. I don't even get to be a tall Muppet. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they will drag anyone, including each other. And it's always just that funny. So either mm-hmm. you like them or you don't, kind of. And I love them, so I'm gonna have to just look up, look them up on YouTube, and just watch everything that is available to me. I think the best. Yay! <laughs> um, Fozzy takes this bag of money to try mm-hmm. and get it to the bank, and he's already pretty shaken up by everything. Like he is about one breath away from a panic attack all the time. Yeah. And he has a very hard trip. First, he runs into the crocodile hunter who decides he needs to be uh, tagged with a tranquilizer. Uh, uh Uh-huh. That whole... Sorry, I cut you off. But that whole... Like, Fozzie's whole adventure could have been its own Muppet movie, I think. They could have just thrown in more shit that just, you were like, what the hell is happening the entire time? This is about five minutes of screen time. He is chased by Steve Irwin, runs into a place that paints him green, at which point Steve Irwin <laughs> loses track of him. Then he runs into Cindy Lou Who knockoff and her mafia family who threatened to beat him up because he now looks like the Grinch 
Mm-hmm. After, of course, running into a Salvation Army Santa Claus, dropping the bag, yep, and having the man try and help him, and then picking up the bag and running away from the Who's, or I believe they called them something else, the What's. Yeah, that's that's probably right. And one of them cannot rhyme. He tries, poor guy. He tries so yeah. hard, but he can't do it. Poor thing. <laughs> Runs into a steam bath, which cleans all the green off of him. And he's a Muppet, so he's probably about 600 pounds soaking wet. Aww. I didn't even think of that, poor thing. Makes it to the bank, and the desk clerk... (laughs) I'm assuming this is a can't-understand-English reference and not the bear-doesn't-speak-well reference. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't find particularly funny, but at least the gag was short. I just thought the man was so cute. I just, I would like to keep seeing that man. He was adorable, and I do enjoy that his response was, "Oh well, if I had a if I had if I was a bear with honey, I would try, hide it in a tree or whatever, something like that." And that was really cute, even though like the the gag itself, I, I agree, was kind of lame. I thought that was cute because he was just like, "Oh yeah, well if I were a bear, this is what I would do with my honey." And it's like, "What? Why is that your response?" <laughs> yeah. But he gets to the elevators already so frazzled that he's looking at the wrong wall and going, "Why aren't there buttons for the elevator?" <laughs> yeah. Makes it to the top floor, and she has uh, a laser grid set up that he course. finally realizes he can't navigate and just runs through. Mm-hmm left the bag at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the laser grid, runs back, and then runs back again. In the span of five minutes. That's a lot for that poor bear to go through. Uh Uh-huh. And then the bag is wrong. Yes, he accidentally took Santa's bag when he Mm -hmm. ran into Santa. So not only did he miss the deadline, but he lost their actual bag of money. Yep. And none of it was his fault. And we are getting to the worst of Kermit. I mean, I won't say none of it was his fault. He did make a mistake, but it was not primarily his fault, I don't think. The mistake of, like, grabbing the wrong bag? Yes. Okay, yeah, and I do agree that, like, there was probably a very big difference in weight in the bag, so he should have probably noticed that. But he was also being chased by multiple people who wanted him dead. So understandable, especially at that point, because they had that's when the crocodile guy was there. Right. And if you're, you know, trying to run away from somebody who's trying to shoot anything at you, you're probably not paying too close of attention to the size of the weight or the weight of the bag. Not at all. Yeah. So it wasn't I mean, yeah, he, he fucked up a little bit, but. But he still. knows he has fucked up because Bitterman brags about it to him mm-hmm. and then we cut back to the christmas party and it's 8 p.m which is two hours later mm-hmm. um, the show's over animal is beer bonging eggnog and scooter <laughs> innocent little scooter has a lampshade on his head and he's trying to set up a threesome with two muppets <laughs> oh scooter I don't, you know, what's funny is I remember Scooter, but I don't remember pretty much anything about him. I don't think I would have remembered what he looked like either until I saw him again. Um, That was a wonderful, like, reintroduction to Scooter. 
for me. Scooter has always been a nice young boy, maybe a little entitled. His uncle owned the theater, and Mm -hmm. he was just an intern, like, you know, the sidekick Mm -hmm. that kind of makes the show work. And Mm -hmm. in this movie, in multiple times, Scooter's trying to get some freak. (laughs) He's, okay, I know this is jumping ahead, but I wasn't sure if it was him or not, but he's the Muppet in the sexy cage thing, right? Yeah, he, uh, in the (laughs) Kermit is never born, he is wearing mini shorts and he is a cage dancer at a night. (sighs) Okay, anybody who is a fan of the show Shameless, Ian it does something similar to that. He's not dancing in a cage, but he wears tiny little booty shorts and he's dancing and um, he's got red hair and he's, he's Scooter. I'm sorry, but he's Scooter. (laughs) Especially because Scooter looks drugged out of his fucking mind too, which is impressive for a Muppet to look like that, but he does. And so is Ian. And there you go, shameless fans. There you go. That's my little addition. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) Kermit decides that because it's been two hours, he's going to go look for Fozzie because he's a little worried that something may have happened. Fozzie is sitting right outside of the theater and it's been two hours and his fur is still smoking and singed. He's covered in burns. Mm -hmm. He's shaking. He's so hurt and so upset and Kermit does not care. And it makes me sad because this entire time Fozzie has done nothing but care about him. Yeah, he can't even look at Kermit because he's so, like, he feels so guilty and he feels so awful. Can't even look him in the eye as he tells him. And at first, Kermit seems concerned because he's like, what happened? Are you okay? I don't even think he says, are you okay? But he just says, what happened? Which still could be like, hey, I'm concerned for you. You're clearly not okay. So what happened, you know? But then... All it is is about the theater and about the money and about how Fozzie fucked up. And like, it's like he's blaming him. And I'm like, you know what, Kermit? Fuck you. Fuck you. You can go the fuck away now. I was so done with him at that point. Like, I didn't care much about him throughout anyway. But then at that point, I was just like, nope, mm -mm, leave Fozzie alone. He like, how about you ask how he is? Like, what happened to you? I don't mean what happened to the money. Like, you are clearly not okay. You know, Well, he doesn't give a shit. One of those situations where Fozzie did make one mistake, and it was not a great mistake to make, especially because he he wasn't just late, he lost the money. Yeah. But this mistake is the cap on Kermit's months of failure to financial plan Mm -hmm. for the group of people that he was the leader of the financials of. Yep. So... It's like somebody who has fucked up for a year then looks at somebody else as the straw that broke the camel's back and go, well, this is your fault. It's like, no, you stacked up all of this shit. It it was Kermit's fault that they were this behind and that they needed all of this to get that money. Yeah. He wants to blame Fozzie the same way that Kate from Home Alone wanted to blame the hotel staff because their kid was lost. It's like, oh, yeah, I, it's their fault that you yeah. lost your kid. Good for you. Yeah, there's no, like, personal responsibility taken, which it's a fun comparison, her and, and Kermit, but yeah, there's none at all. It's just like, it's like knowing you fucked up, but just going, okay, cool, there's someone else I can blame now, so the blame's off me. Exactly. Yeah, it's awful. And I Especially think because Fozzie was so great, and he tried so hard, poor thing. 
Yeah, but Kermit has always been like the main protagonist Muppet, so mm-hmm. we're still in this scene supposed to believe. Oh no, it's like even when they go back to heaven, God's like, "Oh no, poor Kermit." Yeah. That wasn't that's not how Whoopi Goldberg said. <laughs> sorry. I want to see it though. I want her to do it now just just for fun. <laughs> Kermit finally does try and step up Uh and he goes to Bitterman Bank to speak to Rachel Mm -hmm. and it results in one of my favorite, uh, multiple of my favorite uh, exchanges. Ooh, okay. Um, He tells her that she changed the contract, which she knew. Mm -hmm. And her response is, you can't prove that. Which might be my most used quote, even if it's not the best one in the movie. <laughs> okay. It's um, an easy one to throw in anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> he tries to tell her that owning the theater is their dream. And I think this is where he fully becomes my least favorite character. Because mm-hmm. dreams are important. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to like drag somebody for having a dream about their future and what they want. But Mm -hmm. dreams are not magic. You can't be irresponsible with your money, irresponsible with your time, and say, but it's my dream. You have to work for it. Yep. And he didn't. But her response is, you can't eat a dream. You can't sell watered-down drinks from a dream. You can't be the queen of a Polynesian tribe in a dream. (laughs) She's right. Like, not about the Polynesian island one, which she takes back, but it's just like... (laughs) Dreams will not put a roof over your head or food on your table. You have to work to get that shit. And he thinks that just because they're Muppets, they should just be given the thing when they didn't earn it. And when I say they, I mean him because they all trusted him to make the reasonable decisions and he clearly didn't. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting thing to put into... uh, Okay, I mean, I know you said, like, this isn't necessarily all for kids or whatever, but, like, kids are watching this movie. Kids love the Muppets, right? Or they did at least at one point. And I think it's an interesting thing that a lot of movies and TV shows, especially from back then and probably even more so now, try to tell kids, like, oh, never give up on your dream. Always have a dream. Dreams are the most important. It's like, yeah, they are important. You know what my dream was? To become a teacher. Do you know what I had to do? Work my fucking ass off to to get there. And you know what I got to do still? Work my fucking ass off to keep it. You know, like, that's what we need to be throwing into these movies and teaching kids. My teacher side is coming up. But really, we do. Because, like, like Kermit is still supposed to be the good guy and the one that we feel sorry for. Like, no, he he deserves it. Just give him his dream. He wants it so bad. And it's like, no, that's not how it works, though. The bad guy in this movie is a female executive who earned her place, who is doing her job and trying to make profitable investments. Mm -hmm. Who is giving... Um, holiday bonuses to all of her employees. Granted, she's like, yeah, here's your holiday bonus. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. She doesn't give a shit about it, but she's doing it. And that's that's a big thing. Companies don't always give holiday bonuses to their employees. So. Yeah. And so she's actually a good guy. Look at us. We're okay, supporting the woman. Guy, though, <laughs> after she has told Kermit that she's not going to give him a deal on the theater and she's not going to just give him the theater and that he should leave. Mm-hmm. She very earnestly calls him back and says, don't let it spoil your holiday. <laughs> and then starts singing 
巴啦啦啦啦，哈哈哈哈<笑> ，like an asshole， and it's so delightful. <笑> Hey, you can be the asshole and still be the good guy in a movie. I'm sure we've had plenty of those in the movies we have reviewed, and there are plenty more to come. And I'm just proud that there is a movie in which you and I both love the female character, even if she's evil. <laughs> Probably because she's evil. <laughs> she worked so hard on this role to just be. An asshole, and I know you're supposed to hate her, and I just can't.、Mm-mm. She's great. Yeah, I love I love the way she speaks. I love her facial expressions. She's just so wonderful to watch. She really is. Kermit <laughs>、oh. <clears throat> is、uh. depressed, so he's sitting outside, staring at a statue of himself, which is so humble. <laughs> the statue is horrifying. It is. Like the kids look super weird, and he doesn't look right, and it's not good. Statues、um, tend to be. I I'm kind of always scared of statues. I'll be honest. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's a whole other podcast. Moving on. <laughs> God decides that it's time to send down someone to take care of Kermit because God knows he earned it. <laughs> Not Fozzy, of course,、Mm-mm. who is burning to death somewhere. Yep, Kermit. Yep. And、uh, when Daniel arrives,、mm-hmm. Kermit is mid breakdown, which is the most entertaining Kermit is in the、mm-hmm. entire point of this movie.、Uh, mm-hmm. He starts screaming, "I wish I'd never been born!" hysterically. <laughs> uh huh. After yelling. Because he was frozen solid, and Daniel just starts breathing on him, <laughs> Which and is he thaws out and answers, asks some very pertinent questions, as in, "Who are you? Why are you breathing on me?" <laughs> That's a very important question to ask someone if they are breathing on you. <laughs> I wouldn't start with "Who are you?" I would probably start with the "Why are you breathing on me?" one actually. Yeah. <laughs> um. The hard part of this movie at this point is, you know, the concept of a straight man in comedy, right?、Mm, a straight man in a comedy, no. Well, for example, Home Improvement, like Tim and Al. One of them is the normal, regular one that sets off the jokes of the eccentric performer.、Mm, okay. Kermit is a straight man in the Muppets,、mm. and Daniel kind of comes across one too. So it just comes across as like two Al Borlands walking around. <laughs> And that's not funny. No, that was kind of the point in the movie where I was like, "Okay, good. At least we're getting to the end. <laughs> so this can't go on too much longer." They kind of gloss over the parts that I find more worrisome. Like, okay, Kermit finds out as he's running into his friends and seeing a few of them that. He, they don't know who he is.、Mm-hmm. Um, Doc Hopper was a villain in a previous Muppet movie who was trying to make a frog leg fast food business, and Kermit thwarted him.、Uh-huh. And in Bitterman Plaza, he has a frog leg restaurant, and I thought that was a cool callback.、Mm-hmm. I didn't、um, even know it was a callback, but I thought it was kind of funny and disturbing. Rizzo, yeah, it、mm-hmm. was.、Um, Rizzo 
is on Fear Factor and they find out that he is being eaten alive on TV and they don't seem as like shaken by that as I thought they should. That was terrifying. I was like, oh my god, what? What why is this in this movie right now? That's really weird. <laughs> oh. There was a lot of weird, actually. Kind of all of it was a little weird. I mean, I think Gonzo was, like, trying to make money on the streets, right? Playing his music or whatever, trying to do an act. Yeah, like, that wasn't that... I mean, it it sucks, but in comparison to, like, being eaten alive, it's not that bad, you know? But it was still shitty. (laughs) Yeah, um, he ends up finding the nightclub dot, and when they go in, (laughs) Honeydew is the bouncer. And he asks where they are, and the response is, can't you read, lizard? This is Dot. And then he points to the picture of a dot on the sign. I love that so the much. <laughs> yep. Uh, I also enjoyed that they, he called him lizard. So did I. <laughs> this is the part where I kind of get a little confused, because this is the It's a Wonderful Life segment, where he's trying to daniel is trying to convince kermit that everyone is better off with him in their lives Mm. and some people honestly do seem worse off in this reality but some of them like johnny fiamma and Mm -hmm. the mayhem and honeydew all seem as okay as they ever did yeah and beaker is fucking thriving (laughs) nobody has heard beaker beaker is fucking (laughs) yes he is so Maybe they're suggesting that some of these characters Kermit affected very little or in some cases even negatively. Yep. Yeah, I I didn't get why. Like, I feel like the entire nightclub was, a, it ended up being a positive thing. These people well, were making money and doing fine. I mean, okay, aside from, you know, we already talked about poor Scooter. Okay, I don't know if we're story. talking about poor Scooter, though. Poor Scooter was trying to get laid. That's true. He couldn't get laid. And here... I'm He's definitely getting laid. So <laughs> yeah. The only one here that I would say was doing poorly, aside from the old men that shouldn't have been hitting on those young girls to begin with, is yep. Kermit's nephew, Robin. Yeah. Which <laughs> I didn't even... Oh, sorry, which who what? Uh, Rachel kicked him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even, I mean, I mean, earlier in this movie, I found out, but I didn't know that there was a nephew. Like, I didn't know Kermit had a nephew, and it was weird to me. I didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> but yeah, poor him. He got kicked. Yeah, and I feel like that scene was kind of more of a, the ending of Scrooge, where it was like, this is what you think the future will be like, but it makes no sense at all. It's just your mind. Rachel was not that evil. No. And now all of a sudden her accent is way more maniacal and she's just like, yeah, Philly with tap water. And she's being (laughs) so much worse than we ever saw her be. And it's like, this isn't reality. No. It's it's Kermit wanting himself to be better and way more important to people. And like, so the other person has to be really, really evil. For him to look even better, basically, in his own mind. Exactly. Yeah. They get thrown out of the club because they are being mean to Rachel. And Mm -hmm. Fozzie comes to help them up and then robs Kermit. (laughs) And this is where I, again, start to feel real weird about it. 
Because yes, Kermit affected Fozzie's life a lot. It's a complete character change. Mm-hmm. But from him going from someone who would become a gleeful pickpocket, not even like a, this is what I have to do, but I'm excited to do it. Uh-huh. To being so scared of letting Kermit down that he acts like a beaten puppy is so abusive. Yeah. Yeah, I... Like, I didn't feel bad for Fozzie in this for being a pickpocket. It felt like, okay, fine. You're fine. Like, you're doing okay. Like, it sucks that you have to do that, but you're enjoying it, so maybe it doesn't suck, you know? <laughs> and at least you have some fucking money now. <laughs> Yeah. Um I have to say I think that's where they go next, right? Um I think Daniel gives Kermit a box of chocolates and says that there's something else or someone else he has to see. Yes. And then they go to Piggy at that point. I think Piggy looks so adorable in her feline's Navidad apron and I knew you'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking cute and a bunch of kitty cats and like she's in a t-shirt and her hair is all curly and like she looks like the lead in a rom-com basically you know like in her messy house or like apartment or whatever I'm like that I want that life I mean switch the I kitties know. with puppies and I'm happy or mix of kitties and puppies is fine by me it's like a bunch of kitties nice looking apartment easy job yeah. you can do from your house Awesome. Let's do that. Great to me. Yeah, same. The thing is, she when she spoke, she mentioned that she was kind of lonely and that she would have loved to become an actress. Mm -hmm. But Piggy as an actress was so insecure. And Mm -hmm. I know you may be thinking, what do you mean insecure? She was always so loudly secure, which is (laughs) the tenant of an insecure person. You have to tell people you're special before they tell you you're not. Exactly. She looks legitimately self-comfortable mm-hmm. and that is something that we have never seen from her and that means that having Kermit in her life made her more insecure yep well and but when when Kermit gets there she's got like her like face mask on and she's clearly having a good night she's just enjoying herself you know and then he gets there and she just immediately is like, oh my God, I have to look good now. I have to do this. I have to do that. And she has all those little frog pillows. So clearly girl has a kink, but um, no judgments. Um, but like, then she just becomes off like miserable while Kermit is there because he, he like tells her how her job is not good because it's not real acting and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck off with your shit what are you doing her home guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so it was and i love that she ended up kicking him out that she was just like you need to get the fuck out of here now well she ended up kicking him out but having him in her life at all even for a minute went took her from being a woman who was happy with her cats and her face mask and her apartment to sobbing hysterically mm-hmm. yep. and binge eating. Yep. That's it's what like, he does in her life. 
It's like if your ex-boyfriend, like you finally moved on, you're doing real well, and then your ex-boyfriend comes back, and then you're thinking, oh my God, he wants to get back together with me. And then he's just like being really nice, really nice. It's like, hey, by the way, I think I left that DVD here. Can I have that? And it's your whole world collapses. I don't know why that was such a specific example. That's never happened to me. That must have been in a movie or something. But (laughs) that's what it felt like, you know, like you think finally there's hope. And then it gets ripped from you in the most awful of ways. That's what it felt like. Like she, he came in here judging her and being an asshole to her when she was like, oh, cute guy at my door, you know? And it was horrible. It was so horrible. It was. Let her have her kitties. And usually these, like, it's a wonderful life scenes are supposed to make us go, yeah, you should want to live. And it's like, no, I mean... Rizzo would be better off, but would anyone else be? Oh, no. I, I can't think of a single person that would. <laughs> um, Gonzo is still performing in the street, and Kermit finds him because he's lost Daniel, and he feels that he's stuck here. Mm-hmm. And they had a song about how everyone matters, and it's legit heartwarming. Oh. I I think I was so done with Kermit and on these like these like fantasy scenes of like what would happen that I didn't care about the song even which is saying a lot for me cuz usually that shit gets me and I was just like okay can we move on now I love the song <laughs> I, it it wasn't even the song that I had a problem with I was just tired of Kermit <laughs> uh-huh. um- But yeah it was a good song Daniel does find him, and after some completely unnecessary uh, bustling about how he doesn't know how to send him back, then mm-hmm. he figures it out, and he spits on <laughs> And, uh, yeah. whatever. It's, why is that the thing these people thought of for the movie? I don't understand it. Breathe on him, know, and then but... spit in his eye. <laughs> and then choke him a little bit. <laughs> Great. This is becoming a whole different podcast again. <laughs> uh, Kermit goes into the theater and is acting like he's on speed, basically. He's running yep. around and wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. And mm-hmm. he makes out with a girl that is so angry at him that she doesn't <sighs> want him to kiss her at that time. Uh huh. And do that. Then she acts so excited that he did. That it's it makes me so sad for her. It's like he's never shown you affection ever, has he? Yeah. And now he's doing it not because of you, but because of someone who is nothing like you that doesn't <sighs> exist. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Like it. Why? It why? That's what I have to say. But why do movies do that so much? Where like a guy is so excited about something suddenly, like oh I'm alive, or oh this, or oh that, that they just grab the first girl they see and make out with her, and we're supposed to be like oh yeah that was great, he kissed her, isn't that funny, or isn't that great? It's just like no, it's not though because like she didn't want you to, even if she was happy afterwards, and that was shitty too, but like she didn't fucking want you to. She didn't say you could kiss her. Don't just grab her like that. Can we not teach people that, please? Because it's not okay. <laughs> Except you know that tomorrow he's gonna be withholding affection again and she's not gonna understand why. Yep. But they ask Kermit why he's acting like such a crackhead, and 
he responds, tonight I realized that it's not that horrible that we lost the theater. And Gonzo responds completely dryly, well, that's good because we lost it. <laughs> yep. Oh. See, it, all the other Muppets made this movie so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the point of a straight man where everybody yeah. else is a funny one and you're just the setup for their jokes. Yeah. You don't have to be so awful at like while you're doing that though. You could still be a good guy, damn it, Kermit. Yeah. Okay, Kermit's probably not always an asshole. I just didn't like him in this movie. <laughs> no. Um he says to Rachel when she arrives that she can take the theater, but she mm. can never take the theater that exists in their hearts. <laughs> and her son says, Well, that's fortunate because I don't want the theater in your hearts. I want the theater that exists in reality. <laughs> She really is the best villain. Yeah, she's just so great. She has the voice of reason in this movie. (laughs) Where it's like, yeah, sure, have whatever, like, little things you want in your heart, but... (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I'm not trying to crush your dreams. I just want the theater because you can't afford to pay for it anyway. So it's mine now. Like, go have your dreams someplace else. Find another theater. If they were making money on their shows... I feel like she would not have a problem with it staying a theater, but they're losing money. That's the thing that she's saying. The theater is losing money. Yeah, exactly. And if you're running a business, losing money is not good. So the person who is losing you money needs to go. Like, it's their fault. They're not doing their job. Goodbye. <laughs> exactly. Um, Piggy and Rachel get into a kung fu bad <laughs> fight, and I hate it. Oh, I didn't enjoy that it was like a cat, cat fight. I just enjoyed the like mismatched, you know, the sound to the lip movements thing. Um, I, I thought that was, I always think that's funny. I, I don't know why, because I never watched like Kung Fu movies ever in my life. So it just is always funny, probably because I watched a lot of movies growing up that did that. So maybe nostalgia or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she Rachel starts insulting Piggy. And like I was saying earlier, the bacon thing and the ham thing was funny. I don't think a fight between any two females in a movie where they're like, oh, you're so fat is funny. Like, that's stupid. And they did that a lot in this. And it was awful. It was. Uh, What wasn't awful is that your boy Pepe saves the day. Uh, He enters the room dancing and making his own music by ching 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 Yep. Such a special boy. It's so um, good. <laughs> he has taken the permit and applied to make the Muppet Theater a historical landmark because when you can help friends and get revenge on enemies, isn't that what Christmas is all about? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I like that way better than all the yeah. other things Christmas is supposed to be about. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I had a moment where it's just like, you know what? He deserved that because, I mean, okay, granted, they weren't together. You didn't own her. She didn't cheat on you, that whole thing. But the poor boy's heart was broken and he finally got to get back at her. And you know what? She kind of deserved it. You know, I love her, but she kind of deserved it. And I love Pepe more, so. (laughs) He was also the Muppet voice of reason in this movie, where it's like, yes, money is important. Also, instead of begging for stuff and talking about your dreams, how come you, how about you come up with an actual plan? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, Kermit's never going to plan. Kermit's always just going to be like, we're going to do this Thing without any plans and without me thinking about how you guys are going to survive or anything like that. <laughs> well, their money for the next year is still gone. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out later that when uh, Fozzie dropped his bag, and of course he had a laundry bag, it meant that his bag of money went to the Salvation Army. Aw, so heartwarming. And big charities are all a scam, but I was still touched. Yeah, it was still a sweet moment because, you know, it was Santa and was it his elf? Was it an elf? I can't yeah. remember who it was. Yeah. Um, and they, I enjoy that he said that someone's looking, someone up there is looking out for us and it ends with them just kind of staring up. And I mean, I didn't care for the heaven thing of them watching them through the TV screen, but I like that they were just staring up at nothing. Cause you know, humans do that. We just sit there and we're like, oh yes, God is watching over us. And then we just stare at our ceilings for five minutes. Oh yeah, not looking up. <laughs> staring for an extended yeah. amount of time. <laughs> That's, I mean, I do that all the time. I don't know about you. Like, um, oh, my dog stares at, like, the corner in my room, and it terrifies me every time. Mm-hmm. Just please stop doing that. I know there's probably ghosts there. Just stop, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, when Rachel gets pissed off and is walking away, she says, I hate you, muffins. And that's when I realized that the muffin thing was supposed to be Muppet, but she was calling them muffins instead of Muppets. At least that's what I thought it was supposed to be. And I really enjoyed it, especially because the first time she came in, came in and said, I love, uh, hey, muffins or whatever. It meant so little. I thought it was just part of her little, like, I'm nice and sweet to you guys act. Yeah, exactly. But then at the end, I was just like, oh, no, she was doing a Muppet thing. And it's great. Well, Honeydew tries to tell her, well, this is great. Now that's a historical landmark, you can infuse money into our show. So Mm. then we can become profitable. It's like, that's not how profit works. (laughs) It is for you to make money, not for her to give you more money. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the historical landmark means that it is always the Muppet Theater. That doesn't mean the Muppets can always use it. It can be called the Muppet Theater, and they could be out on their asses, and somebody who can actually make money could be in there. Yep. They could be putting on performances of Hamilton in that theater right now. Wow. So with the times. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have thought of Hamilton. That yeah, awful? I was I... trying to think of any theater thing that was making money because my first thought was Beetlejuice, and I'm like, oh no, that's <laughs> that's definitely not one. No, I I can't. I literally can't think of any titles, which is just awful of me. I've seen theater performances too, and I just can't think of any of the names of them. So that's cool. Anyway, um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for final rating. I'll go first because okay. um, I was with the critics pretty much. I gave it a little higher rating. I gave it 88. It was enjoyable. Like, I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it going into this because, like I said, it wasn't, like, super nostalgic, even though I did. I have watched some Muppet stuff in the past. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think it's funny how much the like minor characters that we see so little of meant so much to me because like William H. Macy had some great lines and he was in it for like 10 minutes maybe. But he said something about like, what's next? We're all going to wear color, you know, up in heaven. And he also said, it's called fronting off. The young folks told me about this and lines like that. They were so like small and they meant so little but they were so good and so lines like that made me want to keep watching the movie and I think I could probably re-watch it again at some point 
maybe next right. year for Christmas. Maybe. <laughs> um, I gave it an 85. Ooh, I gave it a high rating. It's your yeah. fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not a perfect movie, but most of the characters are super charming, and you can tell that they're having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some fun callbacks and adult jokes for people who have been Muppet fans for decades, but it's also something you could watch with your kids and not feel like they won't be able to understand it or have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And it's not so adult that yeah. they'd be learning some stuff that they shouldn't know. They'll probably <laughs> look past the adult jokes. Yeah, hopefully they don't notice the, you know, cage dancing. Even if they did, they probably wouldn't know what that is. Yeah. He's just dancing. Who doesn't like dancing? (laughs) Well, we'll find out next week if somebody does or doesn't like dancing, potentially. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goody. Because we're doing The Holiday from 2006, starring Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz. Hooray. In the meantime, guys, check us out on social media. We're on Instagram, at Millennials at the Movies. We're on Twitter, at Millennials ATM. And my personal Twitter is Amy, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And mine is cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.